going to move straight on to business news uh, for you. And we're going to start in uh, Washington, D.C., in fact, where the U.S. Supreme Court is going to start reconsidering one of the uh, foundational laws of the Internet. It has huge, huge implications for companies like Google. And our business editor, Charles Pellegrin, is on set to explain to us why. That's right. Hey, the case uh, that will be uh, presented to the nine Supreme Court justices is that of Gonzalez versus uh, Google. Uh, Gonzalez, a young American student who was uh, killed in the November 2015 Paris terrorist attacks, uh, that's uh, who is, uh, uh, that's the, her parents are launching uh, that, uh, that trial. Uh, they allege that YouTube, which is owned by Google, failed to take down ISIS terrorist videos and its algorithm even recommended them to some users. Brian Quinn has more on this case and another Supreme, that the Supreme Court will consider later in the week. A potential sea change for online content platforms as the U.S. Supreme Court takes up two cases with huge implications for the sector. The first, a lawsuit against Google's YouTube over the November 2015 Paris terror attacks, with one victim's family accusing the site of spreading Islamic State group propaganda. The second, a similar suit against Google, Facebook and Twitter over a 2017 terror attack on an Istanbul nightclub. Both call into question Section 230, part of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. It states that online platforms hosting user-generated content are not that content's publisher and thus aren't legally liable for it. Section 230 also protects platforms from lawsuits when they do take down posts. Industry groups say companies are walking a fine line on content moderation. If we ratchet up liability rules, you get two potential results. One is that services over-moderate, over-filter, uh, over-sanitize their content. And the other is that they throw up their hands and abdicate responsibility. The law is critical to the social media business model, in which users create and consume content free of charge while platforms rake in advertising dollars. Both Democrats and Republicans want to overhaul it, though. Democrats say recommendation algorithms fuel radicalization and hate, sending vulnerable users down rabbit holes of disinformation and conspiracy theories. Republicans, meanwhile, accuse left-leaning internet firms of blocking conservative viewpoints. Moving on now, Japanese chip component maker Kyocera, a big player in the chip supply chain, says it is moving away from using China as a manufacturing base. This because of American curbs on Chinese access to advanced technologies. Kyocera is now shifting its production elsewhere and investing in building facilities in Japan for the first time in decades. The company's CEO telling the Financial Times that using plants in China for products sold within China is still worth it, but when it comes to exports, the U.S. measures, as well as higher wages, don't make it viable anymore. Let's take a look at the market now. markets now. The European indices opening uh, the session slightly lower, cautious trading investors concerned about inflation staying strong, leading to risks of a tighter-than-expected monetary policy coming up from various central banks. You can see uh, the uh, DAX in Frankfurt down two-tenths of a percent and the FTSE in London down a quarter of a percent. Uh, we're seeing mixed trading uh, in Asia uh, with the, the Hang Seng in Hong Kong uh, leading the losses in that region down uh, below 1.5%. Uh, the Nikkei closing as well down uh, two-tenths of a percent. HSBC shares uh, falling 2% in spite of a surge in quarterly profits fueled by rising interest rates. Investors 
uh, concerned that the boost from rates may have already peaked. And here in France, President Emmanuel Macron defended his pension reform this Tuesday morning while visiting the Rangis wholesale market in the outskirts of, outskirts of, par of Paris. Uh, the president uh, getting back in the fray of the pension reform debate after leaving that task to his government for the past few months and uh, choosing a workplace where people have to get up very early, uh, possibly making them eligible for a shorter pension contribution period. Take a listen. It's not complicated. There are fewer people working than 20 years ago. We have more pensioners and people live longer. So it's untrue to say that we can keep the same retirement ages. It doesn't work. So we have to change it progressively, and that's what the government is doing with the parliamentary debate. We have to make exceptions. All in all, though, people know they have to work a little bit longer on average because we won't be able to pay for our pensions. And after a six-month trial in the United Kingdom, we're getting a better sense of what a four-day work week would achieve for many businesses. 61 companies, ranging from fast food to marketing agencies, totaling 2,900 workers, participated in the study, uh, paying their employees 100% of their wages for 80% of their hours. And a large majority of them said they'd stick with it after seeing a drop in worker turnover and absenteeism, while productivity was largely unaffected. One of the main changes, Stuart, was that less time was spent on meetings <laughs> and more time was actually spent on actual tasks that have value. When's the meeting scheduled for us to talk about that, Charles? I'm not going to meetings anymore is what I've decided. I think there's one at 9 o'clock.